going on guys 360 digital closing bell here i am your humble humble correspondent michael tanner joined for episode 39 and a half yes here on this august 10th 2020 it's actually a solo show for me Stu, my humble co-host who's also the executive producer of the show the purveyor of the show and the director and publisher of the world's greatest website oil and gas 360.com he uh he's on a plane right now we have uh throw intercom who is the kind of the owner and, and is, is uh, runs oil and gas 360 from kind of like a management standpoint they have a huge conference august 17th through the 19th and so that is kind of what we're gearing up for both from uh you know both me and Stu, a lot on the technical and the production side uh considering it's all digital uh we kind of got a short end of the uh stick there managing pretty much the entire i guess digital side of the conference so it's we're gonna be busy this week and so Stu's actually i don't know if he's on a plane or if he's sitting at the airport right now but he is uh He's in the Oklahoma City Airport right now, just uh, getting ready to uh, fly into Denver. So we're actually going to be in person. If you're uh, if you're a Closing Bell fan, we uh, if 360 Digital Closing Bell fan, uh, we run that live every every uh, Monday through Tuesday or every Monday through Friday, two o'clock Mountain Standard Time, live on YouTube, and then it goes out on the Closing Bell email, which it goes out to like yeah, 25,000 people. So if you're not a, if you're not subscribed to that list, please do that. Um, we'll be shooting that live together. It'll be interesting. It's, we've done over I think like a hundred. Hundred or so shows, and we've never done one live together. So it'll be. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited to uh, uh, be able to do that. It's going to be a long week, though. We got a. It's going to be a busy week for us. So uh, we've uh, just kind of a little half show for you guys. Um, I, it didn't feel right holding our 40th birthday uh, without Stu. So we'll probably do that on Friday. Um, so we're doing episode 39 and a half. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about earnings. We're actually going to uh, cover the, you know, we've been talking so much about earnings for oil and gas companies. I felt it's best to do a quarter two podcast earnings call. So you will hear the 360 digital closing bell numbers, guys. The numbers are wild, and, and we'll walk through them. Um, we'll cover the levels for oil. Um, some of those, a couple stories, global M&As was up. We, we still have $26 billion in M&As uh, so far. So, I mean, there's still money to be thrown. Um, we're going to take a look at uh, Saudi Aramco and, 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 and where the headline doesn't necessarily meet the actual meat of the story. Uh, we'll go ahead and cover, like I said, the levels. We'll look at rig counts, which I think we're down a little bit. Uh, commitment to traders. Take a look at it, and the 360 official, non-official fund is suspended. Uh, but guys, first, I need to tell you about our friends at Adamantine Energy and what they're doing for social risk for the energy sector. And it's not what you think it is. It's not just community opposition to your guys' development projects. It's, it's, it's really everything. I mean, think about this. From the divest from fossil fuels movement that's going on, all of the investor engagement around all of the ESG programs that you, they're getting pushed down your throats, to individual states setting these just crazy, ambitious deep carbonization agendas. Really, it seems like it's everywhere in this idea of social risk, and it's moving fast and multiplying like zombies. Um, and it's really why your company needs a strategic partner to help assess and prepare for all of this, all of this social risk that is just everywhere now. Adamantine Energy, really, they're the leading consultancy helping companies prepare for all of the social risk. They're led by Tisha Shuler, who's the former CEO of the Colorado Oil and Gas Association. Adamantine Energy guides energy companies like yours to explore your exposure to social risk, your options, response, and how your peer companies are responding, the opportunities that social risk can actually provide for your company. Guys, if you're not already reading Tisha's weekly emails, you guys should do that right now because trust me, your competitors are doing that. www.energythinks.com. She also has a podcast which is wildly successful called The Energy Thinks Podcast with Tisha Schuler. She, the last interview she did was with Alan Armstrong, who's the CEO of Williams, which is absolutely unbelievable. So, really, really good on that front. Um, 
Besides that, um, she has some great things coming up. Just check everything out, www.energythinks.com. We are also brought to you by the world's greatest website, oilandgas360.com, and everything they have to offer there. Guys, follow them on social media, LinkedIn, Twitter. Um, we're, we're putting out some really good stuff. We'll release the, 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 the podcast earnings on, on, on Twitter today as well. It'll be a, it'll be a good time. Um, you should also subscribe to the other the, the Energy 360 podcast, which is uh, a st- uh, podcast that Stu runs. Um, he's got some great people that he comes on in interviews. And we are also sponsored by the Oil & Gas Show, which is an intercom podcast. It's old school. Um, that I've been throwing this this on the feed, and we're uh, we're gonna re- I, we're trying to revive it for Intercom, and so you're gonna be hearing uh, hearing this show on that feed. So thank you to everybody who has found us through the Oil and Gas Show. We really appreciate it, and hope you guys continue to tune. in. This is what you're gonna get a lot of. It's uh, it's uh, I call it the world's best podcast if you're interested in finance, but we, we keep it pretty light here. Um, if anybody knows, we um, we joke around, and in a non-joking way, we're going to cover. The earnings for the podcast. I thought, you know, we've been talking about gap and non-gap. We've covered earnings for three weeks straight. I mean, literally, I can't tell you. I mean, we, I'm, I'm trying to pull up the list right now. We got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, 40, 41, 42, 43, 44, 45, 45, 45 these are just call sheets I have right here, the earnings call sheets, 45 that we've covered here on either the podcast or uh, the digital closing bell. So yeah, we were completely busy. So I figured in the spirit of... Um, you know, I figured in, 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 the, in the spirit of uh, all of that, we would do our earnings call. So get ready, guys. I did, You didn't know you were going to dive into an investor earnings call, but here's the 360 digital closing bell, quarter two earnings. April 1st through June 30th, I will be acting CEO. Thank you all for joining us on this beautiful Monday, August 10th. Time stands at about 7.30 a.m. Um, we had a great quarter. Pop, Contrary to popular opinion, we increased revenue. We decreasing expenses. And our subscribers, from both a gap and a non-gap perspective, have doubled! Hardline numbers. Gap total revenue. We made 3000 over the first three, over three months. That was mostly due to sales on our lovely hosts. Whoever hosts the 360 took some sweet selling. Sold $3,000 worth of sponsorships. Total expenses. This is where it gets a little expensive because the host himself is expensive. $5,400 over three months. Mostly going, not mostly, all going towards host salary. Host makes a little bit of dough to do this. So on average, from a gap level... We lose net loss, $2,400 or about $800 a month. Now, that's gap numbers. See, that's how gap's bad. See, this is not gap's bad, but this is, see, this is where you look at it and you're like, oh, shoot, we didn't make money as a company. But we're going to spin this non-gap style. And it's not spin. What am I saying spin? I'm not spinning anything. Gap subscribers, this is where it gets fun. Quarter one, we're averaging about... We have about 120 subscribers, which is interesting. So that just means it's a little more than just me and my buddies downloading this. So I appreciate everybody who's listening. I appreciate it. 
gap downloads per show. This is where it gets spicy, about 100 per show, which is honestly, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I've never, the first show I did when I was working at uh, my old job at Rare Petro, that's why I love to run their stuff. I mean, I was doing, I, I did a podcast for two years. Nobody listened. I mean, we maybe had 10 downloads every every show. I mean, it was with my mom, my grandma. You know, I mean, I, I liken to the analogy, if a tree falls in the woods and nobody hears it, did it make a sound? And we can argue to the cows come home, but nobody heard it. So I don't know what you mean. Like, it probably made a sound, but nobody heard it. So uh, that's how I uh, consider it. So I think it's pretty good. Now, quarter three, we're off to a bang. We can't quite release quarter three. Quarter three's been spectacular so we'll come back to you at the end of next quarter but now here's where we get into i think the spicier numbers which is um net adjusted downloads clearly non-gap 9.4 million unbelievable unbelievable how i mean we basically we're able to go from from a gap of 100 per show to 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 a net adjusted downloads, 9.4 million. I mean, you guys will look at the... You can check out the math later. Operating downloads per device. This is a wild number that I love. 800,000. Holy smokes. What does that even mean? Ah, and one of my favorite. Adjusted net subscribers, 1.4 million. It's been unbelievable. And if and, and from a gap perspective... um, I don't even know what we did with... What, what we did with... But... That's our subscribers. It's true. That's why I love non-gap. But in a serious, some of those numbers are true. Some of those numbers are not. I think you can figure out which ones um, are not. And um, all kidding aside, it was a really good good quarter um, for our podcast. And, you know. Quarter three is is honestly even off to a better. So I, I appreciate everybody who has uh, has listened, reached out. Um, seriously, you know we are uh, the most reachable show. M Tanner EntercomInc.com. Email me. I always put my email in the show. I, I trust. Me, I get back to everybody. I live live or die by the email. So uh, um, on that case, only um, kind of look at you know going forward at least. You know, there's a couple stories that I think dropped this this weekend that I thought were interesting. Um, we had a really, really good. Um, um, so here's, all right. Sorry, I'm 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 trying to do multiple things here. I'm 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 trying to move screens, move all this stuff. So, a couple articles that I think dropped this week that I think are interesting. That I think were interesting was one was global M and A deals in quarter two, 2020 was twenty three point nine five billion, which to be honest was actually pretty interesting. And when you look at the the the, the tea leaves, um, you know the deals were actually concentrated towards Middle East and Africa, who held the top positions. Um, United Arab Emirates uh, still topped the list. Um, North America emerged as the top reason for M and A deals, which is pretty clear um and sort of the biggest deal so here's the biggest deals that they tracked um i guess dominion doesn't necessarily go in that category so we've got brookfield 10.1 billion acquisition of some gas pipeline i mean look everybody's buying gas pipelines totals 575 million transaction with uganda and they were taking over uganda royal dutch shell with natural fuel gas for 540 so there was there, there was money to be made in these M and A deals. I mean, there is there is there was deals happening. Now, do I think these are maybe the best deals? I don't know. I'm not a 
I, I, I would have to dig into the numbers a little bit to see, you know, on an evaluation level, is this, you know, is this anything that's good? But I, th- this is interesting. You know, I, the interesting part is I would have expected, you know, with M&A deals, you know, and, and so, and, and this is where I, so I'm getting ahead of myself. This is where I would go back and listen to, if you have it, the Energy 360 podcast. There's an episode with Andrew Dittmer, who's the M&A specialist over at Enverness. And as he tells you, M&As mean different things. It's all about what it means in the moment and going, you know, there's what, you know, everyone can fourth quarter hindsight say it was a bad deal for Oxy to buy Anadarko. And it probably was. I mean, I wasn't for, necessarily for it. But at the time, there's a case to be made for it. Chevron was about to. You know what I mean? I mean, Chevron was willing to probably pay 80% of what Oxy paid for. But no, they're geniuses. It's it's the same argument I take with for all the Broncos fans out there. Remember Brock Osweiler. He goes, he has a good season for us. We He goes to becomes a free agent. And he ends up going to the Texans for like 18, 20 million a year. Something crazy. And he sucked. He sucked in that year. Basically, and, and then he gets basically he gets bounced around the league. Is out. He gets cut after a year, and everyone hailed like John Elway is like a genius because he let Brock Osweiler go. It's like no, no, no. Like I remember following the headlines. We offered Brock Osweiler fifteen million a year. He just got three more million from somewhere else. That doesn't make you a genius. It just means you lucked out. So that can sometimes bake into the equation. So when everybody talks about. That's just, so keep that in mind with these M&A deals, guys. Sometimes you just get lucky. Um, still a good number. I mean, it's over you know 104 you know over 100 percent increase from the previous quarter. A drop in 68 percent from the previous four quarter average, but that's clearly expected. I think it's good to see that. And it'll be interesting what quarter three looks like. Um, obviously, you've got the Dominion um, Berkshire Hathaway deal at 10 bills. That's gonna you know come in quarter three. It'll be interesting to see what else. There's been some smaller deals that have happened, but. Um, it will be very interesting. You see how this before. The other thing that happened this week was um, Saudi Aramco released their earnings, which I always think is fascinating because they're like the world's biggest company. Um, they published a report on Sun on Sunday. Um, profit or net income fell fifty percent from the first half of its financial year. Um, net income plunged. Get this plunge to twenty three point two billion. Yikes. Same period in 2019, they had 46.9 billion. They announced they're going to maintain its second quarter. So this is so headline. So 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 there's the headline on oil and gas 360, and that's it's a good it's a good headline, Stu. I Stu's the one that writes all the headlines. I wish he was on the show right now because I give him a headline. That's a good headline because the other headline I've seen is Saudi Aramco maintains second quarter dividend despite drop in revenue. And so that was a great, but why? They're keeping their dividend. Oh, that's wild. Great time to invest. Well, guess who owns 97% of Saudi Aramco stock? Ha ha ha. Saudi Arabian government. So of course, Saudi Aramco is not going to cut their dividend because it's literally just a check to the government. Of course, the government wants its dividends. It's the reason they IPO'd this thing. So that's really, you know, th- th- that's a bad headline. When I, When you see... Saudi keeps dividend. Bad headline. Don't read it. It's they're misleading you. Free cash flow, twenty one billion for the first half. Yikes! Thirty eight billion in twenty nineteen free cash flow for the first six months. Man, some good stuff. 
How do we get in on that? We got to start doing some business with the Ramco. They got the they got they got the bills to spend. So, but yeah, Saudi Aramco. I always just love looking at their earnings because it's fat. I think they are the world's largest company. I think maybe maybe Apple's taking them over Amazon. I don't know. It it changes so much. I don't really follow. I follow the equities markets, but I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm tapped in per se as much as I should be. Um, I think we just go. Let's just cover the levels for crude oil and the commitment to traders. Um, as always, guys, this uh, segment is sponsored by Sandstone Capital Group. These guys do insanely good research. Just check them out. SandstoneCG.com, 949-561-1818. SandstoneCG.com. I mean, currently, we're in time stand. We're sitting at uh, 740 a.m. Mountain Standard Time um, here on August 10th, 2020. If you're listening to this, not on it. So oil's trading 42.08 right now. So I mean we and currently it's it's running upward. I mean I mean pits a you know pit opened about ten minutes ago and we've seen a pretty you know we've seen bullish action. I'm gonna go ahead and, and bang this bang my chart down to a minute here. Um, price action over the past couple of days has been bullish. I mean really from a weekly lookout perspective, I think 4350 is the cap. I don't think we're going to see anything above 4350 that's going to get me excited. I think there's some levels like 4136 I really like as a downside level. Um, 4187, which we sort of all blown through. I think those are two really good support levels, um, especially if you're bullish. I'm neutral. Um, I, I'm not quite sure. I mean, oil is just running here. Man, we're all the way up to 4206, 7, 10. Yikes. Yeah, oil's popping here. So if you're sitting there on a day trader perspective, follow the price action. I'd be interested to see what the order flow looks like. I should pull it up. But, I mean, that's sort of, that, that you know, in terms of my outlook for crude oil, like I said, we're, it, it, it comes to the coronavirus, I, I, you know, we, as much as we don't want to say, it's really the coronavirus and how the economy goes. I think that's what you're going to see. And I think that's what you're going to, the assets you're going to see price action look like. So, I think, you know, I'm. It's it's really as 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 the news goes with the coronavirus and, and and where a lot of this demand stuff goes, that's where you're going to see some of this stuff go. So, um, from a commitment to traders standpoint, hedge funds got long last week. Nine thousand contracts cut their short contracts, so it gives you an idea. Hedge funds got long. So, if 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 you were if you were already bullish, there's one more data point for you. Hedge funds got long last week. Now I don't know what that means actually for this week. But they added 9,000 contracts on the long side. Cut 15. Now, that could be... That could be... You know, and, and a lot of what those shorts are are probably um, uh, uh, stops on shorts getting taken out. So they're having to sell uh, those contracts. again. So hedge funds got long. Whether you believe them or not, um, Swap saw a big swing on the short side. Everybody's trying to get in on the swap. Swaps are probably, and, and that makes sense, because, I mean, especially in this environment, swaps are going to be the easiest thing. They're, they're not the safest, but they're going to be the most cost-effective. And if you're running low on capital, the easiest thing you can do is buy some swaps, because it's you can probably get into them very risk-free. Um, actually, just buying some puts, maybe even getting, you know, buying some options, some put options, those are going to get expensive depending on what you actually want to do. They're going to be a little more reliable. But they may not necessarily do exactly what you uh, what you're interested in. So, um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's our show today. We're going to keep it pretty light. Um, we're about over 20 minutes here. I, I was I was kind of funny. I was going to go on for 5, 10 minutes, Stu, and just chat. And I ended up going 20. So I appreciate you guys listening. Like I said, Stu's on a plane right now. He will be back this Friday. You can check us out live on YouTube every single day, um, 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time for the for the digital closing bell. We cover everything energy, equity, markets, and then kind of dive into our, a couple of the top stories for the energy, equity, markets. Specifically, Stu covers everything on the international news desk. Um, but with that, I think we're going to go ahead and let you guys get back to work. Thank you for checking out the 360 digital closing bell. We will see you guys this afternoon for the digital ticker.